adults. How are y'all doing tonight? Let's go. Happy early Valentine's Day. I see some pink and red. Who likes Valentine's Day? See, that's what I thought. It's definitely a girl's holiday, so I get it. Unless you like our boot up, you know, then you, you got to support the thing too. But I don't see guys having like a guy in tines or anything like that. It's Galentine's, right? So, but with that being said, I'm excited because we're actually going to continue our conversation on relationships, but it, I'm just going to be honest. I can't give you much on it. So I had to invite some friends up here to have the conversation with me. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Kadilsha, Duran, Pastor Mike, and Jana up to have a conversation with me today. So can you all give a round of applause as we invite our panelists up here today? You guys are in for a special treat. So if you don't follow us on social media, here's the plug. Follow VictoryATL.com. And yeah, yeah. And so make sure you guys follow us on Instagram because guess what? We posted saying, hey, if you have any questions, make sure that you slide in the chat and ask the questions that you wanted to. So if you don't follow us, you didn't get asked a question. But that's okay. Now you know for next time. So go ahead. Get your phone out. Do the follow. All the things. Let's go. How are you guys doing? All right. Well, this is our panelists. Here you go. This is going to be a super organic conversation tonight. You guys are, this is the family living room of Victory Young Adults. So welcome to the table. Welcome to the seat. Your seats are comfortable too, but you know. So to get started, who are you guys? Will you guys tell us who you are, your name, and then also tell us your relationship status. What does it say on your Facebook page of where you're at? I'm Jonna McGill, and we are definitely married, and <laughs> that's, that's why we took the couch, and um, we're going on 15 years of marital bliss. Three kids in, three kids deep, and um, we're from the Midwest, but we've lived in Georgia, thank you, for the last almost seven years. Um, and so we are officially raising kids in the South, and we love it. Um, but we've just been with Victory since August. Yeah. Like she said, we are taken. This is good. <laughs> All right. 15 years. Come on. You can make some noise for that, right? Let's go. Yeah. Hey, before we dive in this, how many single people we have in the room? Raise your hand. Come on. They're ready right here. Hey, all the single people, one more time, lift your hand. Everyone, your hand lifted, look around. This is a Christian mingle right now. Now say, uh, how many taken people, taken people, married people, taken people? If you don't know if you're taken, we'll pray for you afterwards, okay? Some of you are like, I don't. Listen, make a choice right now. Right now, make a choice. But hey, we're excited to be with y'all. It's going to be fun. Wow. There are so many singles. Amen. Praise Jesus. Come on. We're going to have a good time tonight, y'all. So Jess mentioned this is going to be an organic conversation, so we, might, we about to turn up. Um, so I am Kadilsha, and I, my relationship status, right? I am single as a dollar bill. Um, and so, no, I, I love it. I've been here at Victory um, for about eight or nine years now, just like as a part of this beautiful family. Uh, and then I'm on staff, and I've been here, what, five years maybe. Um, and so yeah, I'm originally from Central America, Panama, any, anybody? Every so often, every so often there's like a one or two in the house, let's go. Hey, 
Hey, hey. So yes, I am originally from Panama, and I uh, moved here from New York about 15 years ago. So, so Atlanta's like home. I am a peach. I'm a whole Georgia peach. No longer rotten apple. Um, and so yeah, I'm excited to be here with you guys and share with my folks here uh, just some, some fun things about life and relationships and all the good stuff. Yeah. It is definitely about to get real tonight. Um, I'm excited. Um, so my name is Duran, and let me go ahead and say this right now. Say it. Yes, I am a twin. <laughs> and so my brother's name is Trayvon. And so if you think you know me, you probably don't. <laughs> but I have a twin brother. He used to be uh, really deeply plugged in here uh, to young adults. But I am his twin brother, Duran, and I'm excited. Um, not Trayvon, not Trayvon, I'm Duran. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to, to, to join with my brothers and sisters here to really connect and really dive in. And my relationship status is I am single and I am okay with that. Amen. That's what we love to hear, Duran. Come on, somebody. So we're gonna get started. Mike and Jonna, can you tell us, give us the whole love story, you know? Did you, like, write her letters? Like, how did you guys meet? How did you guys, how did you know that you were, like, Jonna's the one? And, yeah, tell us the story. Definitely, definitely no letters involved with this one. Um, <laughs> we were both in, in pretty intimate, um, serious relationships before each other. Uh, just, like, five-year relationships. Um, I'm not sure, I don't remember how long yours was, but very just invested. And, and so we were in those relationships when we met each other. I had come home from school and he was playing on the worship team at my mom and dad's church. And I, I went home that day and I said, mom, who was playing the guitar at church? <laughs> exactly. And she said, honey, he is taken. I said, uh, he's not taken yet because he's not with me. So um, we just... Jonna knew what she wanted, and she was going to get it. <laughs> and so, anyway, his girlfriend was on vacation. <laughs> I mean, we said we was going to get real, but I didn't think it was going to be this real, y'all. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for all that. <laughs> and uh, my boyfriend was still long distance at the time, and so he swooped in got my number <clears throat> and we hung out until they got back in town and then they really caused you know some hatred between us and it really but then we really took a turn and uh he broke up with that girl my dude and I were done I was like depressed in my room crying and he calls my brother and he's like hey what is your sister doing <clears throat> and I'm going do not hand me that phone do not hand me that phone and I get the phone, and he's like, we're going, we're going out tonight. And then the rest was history. I don't know why she told you the whole story. We could have left some of that out. I don't even know. That's what we uh, needed to hear. That was crazy. But, yeah, like she said, 15, we were, we, like she said, uh, long-term long relationships, five years, three and a half years with, um, with people, and, and God had a different story. And so it's not always, like, final uh, sometimes you got to say, God, is this what you want? And uh, I'll, we'll speak to that a little bit, but um, not everything good is God. And for some of you, you settle like good, and it's not God. You got to give that to God and say, God, is this you? And so we'll talk about that more, but yeah. 
Come on, give it up for Micah and Jonna. Who knew they would be here today, but y'all made it. Y'all did it. So, Kadilsha and Durant, tell me a little bit. Obviously, you guys, you guys are single in a single season right now, but what does it look like till this point? Have you guys been dating? Are you guys interested in dating? How did you guys get to this space? <laughs> you know the mic is still going to come to you, so you just get ready. Um, so... Yes, I have been single, and I've been, in, I've been in seasons of dating, and I have been seasons where I'm not, that, have, that I have not been dating. However, I'm currently in a season where I am not dating. And I want to say this, too, because for me, as, as my journey has come to a place where every time that I've been able to connect with someone on an exclusive level, I've learned more about myself than even so much about the other person. And as I begin to learn about myself, I realize, you know what? I don't know myself as, as much or as well as I thought I did. And so I'm actually at a place, and I'm saying this for all the fellas in here um, who need to kind of hear this side of the story. I am in a place right now where I am dating God. And I say that because, oh, I'm a grown man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't date nobody, I don't, you know, God, no, no. Like, really, the more I date God, the more I learn about him, thus the more I learn about myself. And so when I say that I'm single and I'm okay, I'm learning so much about me right now that I'm so, I'm really focused on who God is introducing me as to myself so that when I get to the point of matrimony. I know who I am. I know what God is calling me to do. And so I didn't mean to make it very spiritual, but that's the truth. And what I really uh, want to speak the truth, right? <laughs> um, that, yeah, I'm single and I, it used to be a way. It used to be a thing. I, I did come out of a relationship um, and, and we ended it on a particular term in which we saw eye to eye and we worked through those things but I did learn a lot about myself and so and I'm still learning about myself but that's where I'm at right now that's good did y'all know that you guys don't have to date in this season I love that you're choosing not to date right now and that's totally okay and we have the freedom to do that we don't always have to be in the space where we're like Oh, I got to find someone. I got to be in a relationship. I'm missing out. No, no, no. You can choose not to date for a season and get so much fruit from that. So I love that. Kadosha, what you got? I feel, I'll turn around. No, I feel like, to kind of what my brother said, um, I'm on the flip side of that. So I'm in a season now where I'm really open to, um, to dating and to, um, and to really observing. And I think this is right for the ladies and the gentlemen observe, right? Like, you would know them by their fruit. So just, we don't have to, yeah, we don't have to get all extra, like, oh, man, he or she, man, like, they, they show up to, to young adults. Man, this is like the, the third month I've seen them straight. They are here worshiping. But then you kind of see them kind of out in the streets, and there's something different, right? And so... There is wisdom in pausing and observing. And so to my brother, I was in a season in years past where I really thought I was ready. I was like, let's go. And then I just, I recognized I dated and I said, you know, I'm learning me. And I'm, I'm 
I'm also recognizing, or I also recognize in that season that there was beauty, so much beauty, and that's an encouragement to you guys, in being single, because there was so much that I was able, and still am, able to do with my life, with my time, with my money. As a single person, no, for real. Um, a lot of, uh, the way I'm, I'm just gonna keep it 100, the way I'm able to give of my time, of my money, of my gifts, as a single person, is completely different than what I know I'm gonna be able to give as a married person. And so I just wanna encourage y'all, like, do not despise this, this season of like, whether it's dating or just being single, because this is where the Lord will call you to do, honestly, some of your greatest work. Like, if the Lord tells me right now to drop a G on, on my brother, on Jonna and my brother here, I don't have to ask my partner, right? Like, I can just be like, Jesus. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. You know, like, and, and there's, there's, of course, the beauty of partnership and, like, being a husband and wife and talking through those things. But if the Lord called me to bless somebody, that is, I, it's me and Jesus, right? So I can go ahead and do that. If the Lord calls me to go on a mission trip, I don't necessarily have to figure out what I'm going to do with the family, with the children. I get to go and be and minister and love on people. And so don't despise it, y'all. Enjoy it. Embrace it. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later because I've got some other thoughts that I feel like the Holy Spirit just really wants me to show with you guys. But um, y'all... Yeah, embrace it, embrace it, embrace it, and observe. Y'all taking notes out there? Embrace, observe, okay, that's what I see. Um, with that being said, I love how you talked about, like, you don't have to talk to someone, your partner to be able to make decisions. But for you guys, that's not your story. So how do you guys have either tough conversations with each other? Maybe you guys are in a disagreement, or maybe it's like a parenting conversation that it's difficult that you guys aren't on the same page. How do you guys have tough conversations as a married couple? <laughs> uh, so still learning, obviously, <clears throat> always learning. But I think there's two types of those conversations. There's some that you do have to have right on the spot and in that moment, um, which it, it takes practice and it takes building that muscle of communicating well and in a healthy way, which only comes with time and a humble heart to actually learn from each other to do that. But then there's other moments where those tough conversations are not urgent and before you have that uncomfortable or that tough conversation, you first have a conversation with God. And you say, God, like, first of all, show me anything in myself first, um, which is always such a good biblical practice. And then God also softened the, the heart of my spouse to receive this tough conversation. And so there's a little bit of preparation there, um, which never hurts. And there's just a little bit of wisdom in that and maybe even seeking counsel if need be. But then you go and you've, you've prayed and you've kind of um, prepped uh, your heart to um, be able to have the talk. And then you just, again, it's not a matter of an urgent thing, but you're like, babe, you know, maybe if you have some time today or maybe we can talk later on this week, but there's just something that's been on my heart that I really wanna talk to you about. And so you handle it delicately, and again, there's those moments where you do have to have tough conversations on the spot if it's a parenting thing or if it's something that, if I let this go, I know that it's just gonna cause resentment or whatever, but for some of those where you don't have to have it on the spot, you just take some time, and in my opinion, in our experience, you just take a little bit of preparation, and you really prepare your own heart, 
and ask God to prepare their heart too. Yeah, and I, I will speak to that as well. Um, it's really hard to have conflict together when we're praying together. Um, and, and this isn't just like pray when things are bad. Pray every, every day together. And I think for some of us, um, even when you're looking for a relationship, and for, for both parties, are they willing to pray with you? Like not just pray over your food, but are they willing to like pray with you? Like a pattern of prayer. Um, and then I'll say this, that God can't cover what you're not willing to uncover. And so in a marriage, if I'm not willing to be honest with her, if I'm not willing to, to do, just be, hey, this is what's going on in our life, this is what's going on with the kids, this is what's going on in our marriage, and not have honest conversations with her, it's really hard for God to bless it if I'm not willing to uncover it. And so for some of us, uh, especially the dudes in the room, we're the reason why we won't have those conversations because the, the thought of failure in a marriage or th- failure in a relationship or you failed the person, you avoid those things. And so now you just cover things up. You're covering up your tracks nonstop. But can I tell you, God will never bless what's ahead of you if you aren't willing to uncover what's going on inside of you. And so you gotta be willing to say, God, here it is. And uh, God, I need you to cover this thing. Cover this thing for sure. Sorry, one thing that I had wanted to add that we had, had talked about was when you are the one on the receiving end of that, uh, your response is so critical in that moment um, because you're teaching your spouse, is it safe to come to you or am I gonna get a really negative reaction that teaches me that this is not a safe place to come and have these hard conversations? And so really guarding your reaction in those moments, and I think what helps is when you are praying together in the good times, in the bad times, because you're building that trust and um, accepting that leadership from one another. So just guarding those reactions. I love that. I love what you guys said about how like uncovering and like there's so much growth that comes in that, like being able to open up to someone and be vulnerable with someone and you guys praying together. So for us singles out here, we don't have that one person that we're kind of talking to. So what is, I'm really going off script right now. What does it look like for you guys in like growing in like close relationships, even if it's not that certain partner, but you're vulnerable with people, opening up conversation, getting checked as well to be able to steward the season, to be able to go into marriage and do that as well, even if you don't have that relationship right now. Are you sure? You lead the way. Okay. (laughs) I would say community. Like, that is probably the biggest thing as single people that you need to ensure that you are a part of, um, that you have. So, you have community, small group, like your people. But then you also have, you know, your one or two that like hold you accountable. And you can call your girl, you call your homeboy and be like, bruh, it's a rough one tonight. Like, no, for real, we gonna keep it real tonight or what? Okay, like I'm feeling like I'm about to pull up my computer and go watch some porn. And I need you, yes. And I need you to... But that's even the part of, of like uncovering. Are you comfortable enough to uncover yourself before your brother and your sister? Because the ultimate goal is to be like him, right? And so community is key to that. Like, you know, when I, especially like in my like 20s and early 30s, specifically in my 30s, I recognized that there was a point where I needed to have my location tracked by one of my homegirls. Like, I was like, listen, sis, I need your location. Where you at at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday night? Why you in Piedmont? Why, you live in, in Lawrenceville. Why you in Buckhead? Who you with? Who you with, Carl? Not Carl, not you. But like, who you with? 
<laughs> you at the house with Katie, that's where you at. Uh, but no, seriously, I feel like for us as singles, it is important to put guardrails and to put boundaries and not to think so highly of ourselves to think that we don't need it. Because that's then, that's where we fall, right? We need it. Let's get the community involved. Let's get your sisters and your brothers involved um, so that we don't fall. You can't heal if you hold your heart hostage. No, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to just be doing mic drops. I'm, I'm, I really want to say this, like for real, I really want to say this. So many of us, and I even felt it in the room when we were worshiping God. We were literally saying only Jesus. And there are some of you in here who was saying that with their mouths, but your heart was struggling. I know it got real quiet. It got real quiet. But be honest about that. I know that when we talk about community, and it's so important that we find people that that actually, like I just y'all, I just started a men's small group for the first time in my life. And, and listen, we just had our first launch this past Friday, and God really met a group of men, y'all, like, you know, because you know how we get sometimes. But a group of men came together, and God start, started to show me something about how we are supposed to be connected. And one of the things that the Lord brought into that moment was, if you want to find life, find your few. You cannot find life if you are by yourself. It is not the way God designed. Because some of us, we like, oh, it's just me and God, and we're just going to do our own thing, and, and I'm just going to make sure I pray and read my Bible. Do that, but that's just half of the equation. You got to find your few. But here's the other thing that I'll say. When, you talk about, when we talk about being honest and being real and being vulnerable, Sometimes, even in your own relationship with God, you got to be honest with him. And I know we know that, but I'm talking about one of the hardest things for me to do in my relationship with God is to tell him that I am disappointed in him. What? Why would we ever tell God that we're disappointed? He, he, I, I'm the one, right? But God is saying, I nailed your disappointments to the cross, too. And so when we start to become vulnerable and really start to connect in even the way that we navigate our, our relationships and especially as singles, when we don't have that, that one, this person, that covenanted person that we can share our hearts with, number one, find your few. But number two, tell your disappointments to God because that is going to help carry you because listen it gets real out here you disappointed because you can't have sex and everybody else all your friends is married oh we weren't we're not being real today <laughs> but i know what it's i know what it's like i'm single she talked about pornography i was like yup i know everybody's laughing cuz they're like yeah me too <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
But, but the reality is, is that I had to find my few. I had to be honest about some of the stuff that I'm dealing with because if I'm truly about, if I can truly come to life, God only blesses who you really are, not who you pretend to be. I love that. I love um, how he said, gather your few now um, because, man, going into dating and relationships, a lot of the questions that you guys submitted was, man, I fell into sexual sin. How do I get up from here? Man, I fell into sexual sin. Do we move forward in this relationship? What do I do? Do I keep it? Do I hide it? How do I get through this relationship in purity? And so I would love to go down that path and have a conversation about what does it look like to have boundaries for you guys? What does it look like? Um, for you guys in dating, how does it look like to have boundaries and what does it look like to move forward even if you fall short and you sin? Um, but yeah. So you, would you like for me to answer um, just as a non-married person or, or? Both. Okay. So I would say in, in, a, in a relationship where you're not married and you fall into that temptation and that, that sin and you are kind of down this path where you've awakened that sexual intimacy with the other person, man, that's, that's one of the hardest things to shut and to turn off um, because it's, it's so controlling and it's addicting, right? And so um, you, you almost become a slave to it. And so you're, you're just like, how, how do I ever get out of this? And so I think that it really starts with, A, just a repentant heart and just an, not to give you like a biblical answer, but Truly, I mean, the only, the only way to get out of that slavery, that bondage, is for it to be broken. And so I think it starts with just the acknowledgement that, hey, this is where I'm at, and I don't want to be here anymore. I want to turn. Um, and so just that repentant heart. And I guess if, if the person that you're in that relationship with is not on the same page, then that's a different discussion that you have to take um, because it may not, it may not be healthy for you. That's when you got to look out for you. It may not be healthy for you in that that stage to be in that relationship still. And I also think when you uh, say yes to this relationship with Jesus, and you're on that journey, you, you've made mistakes, you've crossed those boundaries. Um, here's what you got to know: is that when you said yes to Jesus, He also said yes to you. He also said, yes, that I'm gonna make you new. And when you become a new person, you also have to have new patterns. When you become a new person, you gotta set up some things in your life that says, I'm gonna be new. But I will take it a step further. You can't become new and not have somebody to keep you accountable. And so you could be, some of people are like, well, I'm just, I'm strong enough, man. Me and God, we got this. No, you're not. No, you're not. Like, stop playing yourself. Like, for real, for real. Like, you aren't strong enough. Like, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, Take it to the Lord and pray about it. Good, that's good, that's good. And at 12 o'clock, when it's time to go home, what you gonna do? Or you could set up the boundary that says, hey, I'm not even entering your home. I'm not entering your apartment. Like, you need to set up some boundaries so that you can have blessings. And you need to understand, that, like, I gotta set up some things in my life that I'm not, I'm not gonna compromise on. So I'm, I'm not gonna... Uh, send the text message. I'm not going to send the photo that's going to cause you to stumble. I'm not going to ask you to come over when you shouldn't be over. I'm not going to uh, do this or that. Like, you got to do something, some drastic things. But here's the thing. If he or she is not willing to do the drastic things to keep you pure, it's time to walk. Because they can say they love you, but if they can't respect you, they don't love you. They can say they love you, but if they don't respect your boundaries then they don't actually love you. 
and they don't respect you. But the thing I need you to understand is no one in this room is strong enough once you've crossed over. Because listen, you're unlocking something that was not supposed to be unlocked. It's hard to put a lock back on something that's, that was supposed to be locked. And so tonight, I will say this. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. You can, you're in the room today and you're in a relationship and those things have already been crossed and all that's been done. Let me tell you something. You can start over tonight. You can start over tonight. But before you walk out that building and go get in your car, you better find someone you can talk to and say, hey, I need help in this situation. Before you get in the car, before you, you start driving, hey, I'm not coming in tonight. Because it's amazing how we can be in the presence of God and then go and then the presence of God is gone. Why? Because it's preference over presence. You care more about what you want from God than what God wants from you. You can lift your hands like this. Let me tell you something. A lot of people can do this, but can you surrender this? Because this, God is not, wow, you worshiped, you lifted your hands. Thank you. No, he's not doing that. That's for him. But God says, I want this. So good news is, hey, you can start over tonight. You can start right now. You can start right now. And for the man in the relationship, let me tell you something. It's time to be a man. Man up. Man up. Man up. Um, this, that was so good, bro. Like, I just, I just love you. I love you guys. Like, that was so good. Um, to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, I'm going to speak specifically to the one who fell, like the ones who've fallen, and you fell into that sexual sin. Um, talk to someone, like my brother said before you leave, confess your sins one to another, right? There's healing in that. Um, we also know that he is faithful enough to forgive us of our sins. So don't fall for the trap of the enemy that has you feeling that you've been dealing with that guilt and that shame because you messed around and you, you know, you did some things, you crossed the line, however you want to put it, right? Like, do not allow him to, the, the enemy, to keep you on that little hamster wheel of, of guilt and shame and like, oh, I can't believe I did that a second time or third time. Get up, right? I was reminded of how Adam and Eve were in the garden and, and, and they messed up, right? And they hid. They were like, the Lord's looking for them and they hid. And, and what, was, what was really cool about that is the Lord, the first thing he did is he went to cover them, right? Like they were hiding. He went to cover them. So your father, he wants to cover you. He wants to, um, he wants to be there. He wants to forgive you and set you on a path forward. And so don't be like Adam and Eve and hide. Run towards him. Because today, like that's that. Next day, let's go, right? So run towards him. So I just want to encourage you, like don't let tonight go. Like do what you got to do. Can I, can I just add one more thing? Uh, failure is not final. It's formative. Failure is not final. It's formative. Our failures are not meant to break us. They're meant to build us. And for some of us, you've been broken by your failures. And I just, I felt the Lord as she was saying this. I felt the Lord say, he wants to remove shame off of some of you. You walked in here and you're, you have shame because of the things you did. You have shame for, for what the, 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 the lines you cross or all that stuff. I just feel like the Lord said for whoever that is tonight, that God wants to remove shame off your life. God wants to remove shame off of the things and mistakes you made. God wants to remove the shame off of it. Because God's not, God's not trying to shame you. He's trying to show you. He's not trying to shame you for what you did. He's trying to show you his love, his grace, his mercy. And so let God give you that tonight.
and remove the shame off. I don't know who that is for, but God, let God remove that shame off of you. Um, there are some people in here that need to join a small group tonight. You know God's been telling you. God's telling you right now. Some of you need to join a small group tonight. Stop. Your life is too valuable to keep trying to do it by yourself. It's not worth it. If God, if you could see yourself as God sees you, you would make those boundaries. You would get real. So she, she was just saying earlier, you got to run to God. You know what? There's something that just really popped in my spirit when, when she said that. How do you actually run to God? You tell them something like this. God, I really like watching pornography. And I don't know how to stop. The pain that I feel because my friend said something to me that pricked me and then that prick started to infest my soul. And then over the day and over the week, that thing just never left my mind. And then now you're at midnight on a Friday night in that dark that the enemy threw at you and, and stuck you in the leg, now it's become, now your whole leg is feeling like it needs something. You, you go after and try to self-medicate. Going after God means God, he so is fine. <laughs> she so is sexy. Like, let's take the mask off. We are all sexual beings. Don't act like you don't know what this is about. But here's the thing that I also want you to say, because many of us, we have actually done things that, that we can't even think about. Some of us. We have done some things sexually that becomes a stain on our soul and we don't even know what to do with it. And what I'm encouraging all of us to do, especially the, especially the men in this room, because we real hurt. No, no, no. We're really hurting. And what I, I'll say, I'll say this last thing. It is a part of God's image that you are sexual. I got to say this because don't let this get all up and say, oh, yeah, I'm sexual. No, calm down. I really, I really want you to hear this. I really want you to hear this. Instead, see, some of us, we've done some stuff that we don't like. Some stuff was done to us. I've been sexually abused. But I had to learn that even in the Imago Dei, the image of God, that my sexuality still comes from him. 
even though it might have been bruised, it might have been hurt. Instead of shaming your sexuality, frame your sexuality. This means that you keep the essence of it intact for what God made it as it was supposed to be. But you frame it in a manner that somebody try to reach in and and try to break the frame. And it's never been repaired. But God is the only one who knows you before you got hurt. He's the only one who knows you before that pain happened. Not your mama, not your daddy. Some of them, they're the ones that probably did it. But I really want us to get real and get honest because you're too valuable. God loves you too much for him to nail all of that on the cross so that you can live. But yet we're trying to hold on to that stuff. I'm saying let it, let it go. Value your sexuality in the way that God has designed it to work in the institution that he's designed it to work. Do not allow the enemy to shame what God called beautiful. So good. Um, I love the conversation about boundaries and all the things. And what came to mind is like boundaries are not reactive, but proactive, right? You want to put them in place beforehand so you're not having to pay the price afterwards and still having to place the boundaries. Um, And so can you guys speak a little bit into the practical like boundaries that you guys had in place, like even dating and then even marriage now. And then also with that being said, like valuing purity, because that's the reason, right? Like we're putting boundaries in places to like value purity. How did you guys do that going into dating? Even as fiancés, it's like y'all are ready to get married. So how did you guys still value purity? And in our singleness, how do you guys value purity so much right now and being able to prepare for what is to come? Yes, um, when we were, were dating, I think one of our biggest things was just going out in a group um, because <clears throat> you have to recognize what your weaknesses are, um, maybe where you, you know, have kind of fallen in the past. But sometimes you don't even know what those weaknesses are until you're in the situation. And so in order to kind of protect yourself, you, you kind of have to, again, have that plan. Well, do I want to fall into this um, or do I actually want to protect myself from something? So that if that desire is there, then you are proactive about it. And so one of our um, main ways of doing that was just through group dating. And then I think, again, just being wise with your time. Um, I'm not going to stay here too late because I know that I may be tempted or you may be tempted in this. I'm not going to send you a provocative text or um, picture or post a picture that I may uh, try to get your attention with. And so it takes a lot of self-control, and that's what boundaries are. It's a lot of self-control, but it's also self-assertiveness because it's self-control on your end, but it's assertiveness because you're saying, this is what I'm not willing to do, and this is what I'm not willing to allow happen in our relationship. And too many times people think that being assertive is being rude, and it's not. It's being protective and proactive for yourself and for your future. And so I think that you have to be clear-minded when it comes to what you want for yourself. And singleness, again, like you, you mentioned, is such the perfect time to start thinking about these things and use that time wisely so that when you are in that relationship, you can go into it with a clear mind of this is what I want and this is what I don't want to happen. And I think, 
I think um, just coming from where we came from, uh, we, were, we were able to have some of those in place beforehand. I'm going to speak into that right really quickly. I think the important part of that, though, is that the reason we send the text and the reason we do the things is because we're insecure ourselves and we're seeking that validation or we're seeking that affirmation. And I think that's love what you said about even preparing before you got into marriage and stewarding the single season well is who am I? Like they said, the more that they've been growing closer to God, they're learning more about themselves and valuing themselves enough that when they get into relationship, they're not having to do these things and seek out these things for validation or affirmation from the other person. So that already gives you guys boundaries when you have enough like value in yourselves, you're not having to look out for those things either. So I love that you said that. Yeah, I'll add to that. Um, the worst time to set up boundaries is in the heat of the moment. In fact, I'll say you won't. So here's the reality is, is you as an individual need to have boundaries now. Like you need to set that up now. Like what are you not okay with? Like you need to know that now so that when you get in a relationship and you start having, are you getting, listen, before you get in a relationship, you need to have the boundary com conversation. Because you need to figure out if they're on the same page as you. Because they may think, oh, but it's okay. And you're like, no, it's not. And then you're going to find a compromise. There's no compromise. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. Period. Sin is sin. That is what it is. And so you need to know who you are and what you, where you stand on something. And before you say yes to a relationship, you need to have that conversation with that person. You need to ask them, hey, what are your boundaries? When it comes to this, what do you think? Because those conversations have to happen beforehand. Because if you try to do it, oh, you just jump in a relationship because it's there. Can I tell you something? It's too late. It's too late. Because now you're, somebody's going to compromise. It, 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 somebody's going to compromise on your boundaries just to be in a relationship. It, it is easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. So you better figure out who you are beforehand. If not, it's too late. Oh, that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> I'm probably gonna go off base just a little bit, like to the left. Um, because one of the things that, as you guys have been talking, that I have been kind of thinking about is just this idea of purity. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how a lot of times we've taken that term and we've taken that idea and it's become more about it than the reason why we do it. So some people, you know, celibacy, you're pure, all the things, right? Why? Because if you don't know the why behind a thing, then you worship that thing. So you worship purity. When in turn, you really need to understand the why. I remain celibate, I remain pure because I want to be in right standing with the Lord. That's really the reason why I do it. And so when I know my why and I'm anchored in my why, not because it's cute, not because uh, the, the pastors told me to, you've got to have a why. Lord, I want to be in right standing with you. I want to walk right with you. And so again, it's with anything that you do in life. When you know your why, the reason behind why you're doing a thing, uh, it's easy to be anchored in it. But then also if you fall, you can go back to it because you know your why. And so I just, I wanted to touch that. I think for some of you, it's going to be really critical for you to walk out of here tonight and figure out your why. Right? Because we want to believe that we're all on the same page about remaining pure for the Lord. 
but some of it is that you were you grew up in, in young adult culture and or, or youth church and they gave you a ring and you got the purity ring and it became more about that than it was about honoring the Lord with all of you, with your body, with, with your temple. And so you may want to, you know, get with the Lord about that as you head home in the, the days to come. Like, Lord, help me to get revelation on, on this area and why. Uh, and so the other thing to, to add to what they said, I said it earlier, community, your people. I'm going to keep it 100. I, had, I, had a, I have a friend who's, who we've been friends with for a really, really long time. And he actually just, re, we, we stopped speaking for about two years. And he actually just reached out to me last week. And I looked at the text message. This is a very, I've been sensing just the Lord, just some things shifting. And I'm like, Lord, I feel like we about to get into something. Like, something's coming, Lord. And I got that text message. And I just, I read it. And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. And you know what's the first thing I did? I prayed. I said, Lord, I was walking the dog. And I said, Lord, Sis, sis, nah, because he's a good friend. He's, a, he's a, a good friend, but there were some things. And I said, Lord, I need you to show me, because what we're not about to do is get close to the promised land and, and, and have somebody come up in here and try to, you know what I'm saying? Keep me in the wilderness for 40 years. We're not about to have that. Nah, 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 nah. So I prayed. I called my best friend, right, community. And I said to her, I said, sis, I need you to begin to pray against counterfeits. I need you to begin to pray against counterfeits. Because I, I, as, a, as, a, as a daughter, I got that Holy Spirit, baby. I'm like, okay, Lord, I am sensing that there is a shift in the season. And I am, I'm here. I want to be postured well for it. And so I'm praying against counterfeits. I got my community in this. So I called her. And then today, another really good friend of mine here in, at the church, one of our pastors, I said, sis, I had this text. I don't know. Because I like, I, he cute. He like me. I know he like me. But I don't, that's not enough. It's not enough. There is purpose in you. Don't have no old broken down little girl or little boy come and disrupt your purpose. Like there's got to be purpose in you and purpose in them and together you are going and fulfilling the call of God on your lives do not let anybody come and disrupt you because they cute and they got a good job and they drive a nice car and they say they know the Lord that's not enough so get your community get your people around you and begin to share and talking, you don't do that with everybody, right? Get your people, get your one or two, and then you got your small group, but you need it. Don't think so highly of yourselves to think that you're good, because you're not. I, I gotta add to that because I just felt in my spirit, your purpose is also a part of your boundary. Your purpose, your vision, see, I'm a firm believer, and this is, this is me actually being really honest with myself. My purpose is going to attract my wife. And so I got to walk, I got to, 
And here's the other thing that I'll say. So many times, listen, listen, listen. I, re I really want y'all to hear this. I really want y'all to hear this. I am going to, many times we have to understand that we got to stop, make, we have to stop making decisions for our current self today and start making decisions for our future self. Who do you really want to be? Like, who do you really want to be? Because some of y'all, y'all might not want to marry y'all self. It gets real. But here's the other thing about boundaries that I also want to touch on this last thing. I think it's important that even as we focus on boundaries, you also have to make sure you do not become anorexic in your own needs. Sometimes we start setting up boundaries and we're like, oh, no, I'm cutting it all off. <laughs> Ain't nobody getting through. And you are about to die. You killing yourself because you're not putting healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries means I can't do this, but I still have to recognize my own need. So here's what I would say. What are your needs? I'm not talking about what your wants, your desires, and, you know, I got to get my cuffing season on. I'm saying what are your real needs? Who do you have that says, hey, like all my fellas, and I, I don't know, I have a heart for men. And so sometimes you feeling real down one day, you need to call one of your few and say, bro, I need some affirmation right now. Because the enemy's trying to take me out and he's trying to get me isolated, but Maybe the God in you can start ministering to the God in me. Maybe that the God in me is looking for the God in my community. But if you isolate, you cut that off. Recognize your own needs. That sometimes when you start saying, yeah, like I'm really feeling down on myself or I made a mistake or I did something that I didn't want to do. And we start beating ourselves up, beating ourselves up, beating ourselves up. And, and, oh, but you got this wall that's like all, you just all up in, like, and you can't, you can't move, you can't do nothing, you can't breathe. That's not going to help you either. And so healthy boundaries means that you still have to recognize, stand up for what your needs are, go to God for those needs, and allow him to direct you to where you can meet those needs. We're going to have to escort this man out of here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right. So, no, I wanted to add something really, really quick because you just talked about boundaries and in that recognizing what you need. And what immediately jumped at me is that there is a difference between setting boundaries and putting up walls. There's a whole difference, right? Don't get so carried away a lot of times out of fear that you start setting up these boundaries that are really walls and you are just, you're stuck behind them and you're not in tune with the things that you need. And so I think a good way to think about it is with a boundary, people are still able to approach you. You're still able to have community, but then they get up to a place and then there's, there's that boundary to kind of keep them 
you know, where they need to be, keep you where you need to be with a wall, they can't even see you. And so think about it that way. There is definitely a difference. You don't want to wall yourself in and isolate yourself. You just want to put some healthy uh, lines and, and, and guardrails in place. That was that. Um, so to finish off, I got one last question for you guys, and it'll be different for both of you guys, but for us singles, and we are wanting a relationship, we're just waiting, God, when is it going to come? Years, years ago, like when, how do you guys not like idolize marriage and getting there? And for you guys, now that you guys are in marriage, can you give us just a greater understanding of like being in like being married and like the reality of that because for so long we're just idolizing oh when I get married this will happen when I get married this will happen can you guys just speak into the after being married what is that like truly like yeah 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 I would say that you need to understand this singleness is the most significant season of your life like 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 she was saying yeah you you can do whatever you want with money you could do with whatever you want like we before we got here we walked in late why because we had three kids we're trying to put them to sleep we're trying to, you know, we're, we, we got bills to pay. We got, like, we got to get babysitters to go on a date night. Listen, you can go do whatever you want. Whatever you want. Like, this is an amazing season of your life. And so embrace that because, listen, marriage is difficult. And if you can't even win at the game you're playing right now, you ain't, this is going to destroy you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, this, this, it's just, this is much harder then you out there doing your single life. Enjoy the single life. Why? This is the season you can set up some standards in your life. You can figure out who you're going to be and figure out this is who I am. I know who I am. So when you get in a marriage, when you get in this kind of covenant, it's two people that are whole becoming one. Not someone trying to complete me. I know exactly who I am. She knows exactly who she is. And it's two whole people becoming one. I'm waiting for someone to complete me. Listen, they ain't going to complete you. They can't complete you. Why? Because the one that created you is the only person that can make that happen for you. I will say this, and this is, I'm going to be done after this. But in, in this, uh, this is just some dating advice. And this has been, in, I'm like ready to share. I'm ready to give this to you. Um, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to realize when it comes to dating and your single life and all these kind of things. Is don't date on potential. Date on patterns. What do I mean by that? This is, what, this, is what I'm, this is what I'm saying. Some of you are looking at his pattern or his, his potential. Oh, but he's got potential. He's got this. He's got a this. And he's got all this stuff. And you're not looking at his pattern. You're not looking at his pattern. You're not looking how he treats people in the lobby. You're not looking when you walk by or a girl walks by, his eyes go with her. You need to start looking at the pattern of the person and not the potential of the person. I mean, for real. Like, I'm being serious. Because some of you are, you, are, you are letting down your standards just to look at potential. You are letting down standards to say, well, they got potential. They lifted their hands in worship. Can I tell you something? Can they open their Bible when no one's looking? Can, it's, not, it's not just off of potential. Like you guys, like you need to understand, it's not the potential of a person. It's the patterns of the person. And you got to understand... You need to be, I love what she said, ob, ob, observing. How do you, listen, this is not jumping into relationships. Stop doing that. Let me ask you, has it worked yet? No, stop it, okay? <laughs> Observe a person. Like when, you, when they're in the lobby, I'm being for real. They're being for real. And, you, and, and, a, and, a, and a, a female walks by him, what does his eyes do? Watch him. Watch 
Watch him. When you're at a restaurant, how does he treat the waitress? Does he, does he tip well? Does he do well? Does he give well? Does he go to... Like, like you got to figure out who they are and not base it off of potential. Some of you been telling your mama, well, he's got potential. No, no, no. Stop it. Look at the pattern of the person. And the pattern will tell you where they're headed. The pattern will tell you where they're going. The pattern will tell you who they're going to be. The pattern will tell you how they're going to treat your mom, how they're going to treat your kids, how they're going to treat people in your life. Look at the pattern and not the potential. And I am done. We are all done. That was good, babe. That was good. You had good patterns, and so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, just, just, I guess, my input on, on your question there, um, because you can idolize marriage a lot, and you say, oh, I just want to find the one, and the one is such a big thing that we are taught at such a young age that oh, there's just, you know, the one that I'm going to marry one day. Well, he's not the one for me. I'm not the one for him. The one is always Jesus. And so I think that when you recalibrate your thinking that the one is always going to be him, you stop idolizing. You kind of take the mask off of that and you deconstruct what the culture has taught us regarding the one and you just um, establish a new mindset about that. Said I was done. I got one more thing. Some of y'all, one more thing. Everybody lean in, lean in, lean in. I'm just kidding. Uh, here, here's for real. One more thing. Some of you have these standards that you, you're basically looking for Jesus. And you, you ain't never going to find nobody. Why? Because your standards, like you wrote a list, and that list is the craziest thing you could ever even imagine. And you're like, I'm waiting for this. He needs to be 6'4". This... And, he, and the boy comes in, he's like 6'2", and you're like, no, mm-mm. Can I tell you, some of y'all, the, the person walked by you 700 times, and you just keep ignoring it. Why? Because he's not this, this perfect person list. Listen, some of y'all are looking for Jesus, y'all. Like, you need to have the standards, look at the patterns, all those things, but also say, God, I am open to what you want to do, and I'm, I'm ready for what you have for me, and I want what you have. Not what I want, what you have. You know what I'm saying? All right. That's good. Um, I got to hop on this patterns real quick, bro, because let me tell you, patterns prophesy. So, so here, here's the thing. When you see the other person's patterns, let y'all hear me. When you see the other person's patterns, you got to ask yourself, are these the patterns that I want my kids to be following after? Are these the patterns that I want my bloodline to be built upon? You got to start making decisions for your future self because I'll say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. You are too valuable to be dumbing yourself down to patterns that's going to put you in the ditch. Um, Patterns matter, bro. Like patterns matter. And so I know. Okay. So you can tell we got like preachers on the stage and stuff like that. Um, I want to talk on uh, the single part of like, how do I not idolize marriage? The Lord brought this to my attention 
couple nights ago and I didn't even know why. And this was before I got the call to be here. So I know it was God. So I wanted to read this scripture. I just want to read a part of the scripture. We know this scripture like the back of our hand. Psalms 23, right? Yeah, y'all see, y'all know where this is going. Um, the Passion Translation, though, yes. let, me, let, let, me, let me tell you. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. How do I not idolize marriage? You got to make sure that the Lord is your shepherd. And here's the reality is that sometimes in certain, certain situations with certain people, we have made them our shepherd. And, and like, you, like, like they were saying, we can't, we're not two halves coming together. There are two holes that recognize who their shepherd is, and it's coming to where God stays in between the marriage. But y'all got relationships right now that God is not in between. He's just an ornament that y'all trying to add to the side. And it doesn't work. It does not work. So in my life, I had to come to a place in my, and I had to get real with myself that if I want to be married one day, I have to make sure that I do not put God in marriage neck and neck. They don't even deserve to be on the same field. But that when you, when many of you may have heard this, when this is right, all this comes together. And so that was hard for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm still human. But I had to really get to a point in my own life where I had to decide who I'm going to serve. And so when it comes to marriage being an idol, I had to make sure that that wasn't a fruit that I was eating because the enemy tried to get me isolated to say, no, you, what you really need is marriage. You don't need God because marriage is your shepherd. No, the Lord is my best friend and he is also my shepherd. Who is a shepherd? What do they do? They protect you. They guide you. But when we feel vulnerable, where do we go? Pornography is my shepherd. Cuffing and Netflixing and chilling is my shepherd. Alcohol is my shepherd. What? Who is your shepherd? Even if something as pure as marriage. When I'm hurting and, and I'm frustrated because he won't text me back in time and, and all of these different things. And you're like, how I'm dreaming about my wedding day. And we put so much energy, so much mental, emotional, even spiritual energy into our future marriage. Although it deserves attention and should be prayed for, we cannot lose our source. And so for me, that was important that as the Lord is my shepherd, that makes sure that, makes sure that in my life, I hold God into a, a beautiful place that only he deserves. Because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom the Bible says, see, 
the Bible says that even as our first commandment is not to get married, our first commandment is to love the Lord our God with all. And the second liking is to love our neighbor. Yes, but the first, if we don't do anything else in this life. So that when you get married, are you going to love people still? Or are you cutting everybody off because you got your thing and nothing about God's great commission matters to you anymore? Because marriage is to serve God, not you. I really don't remember what the question was anymore, but I'm going to go with, with the two things that I am I'm sensing quite strongly in this moment. And so uh, for those of you who are single and who desire you know, to be in a relationship, a godly relationship, marriage, all of the things, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you, right? To what my brother was saying, to what they've said, first is first. God is God, and he is God all by himself. Before marriage, before children, before the things that you think you need, before your wants, before your desires, all of that. So I know for me, that was a turning point years ago is I had this deep desire to be in a godly relationship and to be married and to have children and I just could not figure out why he wasn't doing it and years ago I remember the Lord I mean I kept that was my prayer I kept asking asking like Lord what's up the career is popping my community is popping like all the things are right what is going on and the Lord kept knocking on me and pointing me back there I'm not first like, I'm not first. And God is way more concerned about this, about you and your soul and who you are as a son and as a daughter, than he is about you being married. So seek ye first. And then the other thing I want to say, this is a little, maybe a little odd, but it's, it's not. Y'all, find rest in this season of singleness. Like, it's going to be so key. And I'm going to tell you a more practical way, but find rest in Jesus as a single. Like you have like rest in him because a lot of you are anxiously trying to be in relationships and like, oh, I know they like me. And like I heard and, and I've been watching them rest in Jesus. And, and here's what what rest is not is rest is not passive. Um, it's not denying that you have these desires so like resting in him is being perfected in him, right? But it does not mean that you are denying that you want to be in a godly relationship, that you want companionship and that you want uh, to pursue all of the things that God has called you to with this person. It's not that. That's not rest. What it is, is bringing those desires to the feet of Jesus and being like, Lord, like my brother said, Lord, I really like, Father, I'm in ministry, I'm gonna keep it 100. Like for me, what, what resting in Jesus has been is that I've come to him and I've said, Lord, I'm in ministry and this is a, this is a heavy mantle at times. And I would love to have someone to cover me and pray over me. I would love to have a partner to come home to and to be like, let me tell you about these folks. 
at a church house. That is what resting in Jesus is, is bringing those desires and those burdens and those wants and those like, when you're bawling and in tears, ladies, gentlemen, like that, bring it to him. And what I have found as I have rested in him and I've brought those things to him is he's met me in those moments and he's comforted me and he's encouraged me and he has helped me to focus on my why all through the Holy Spirit. And so rest in him because it's, it's, it's in there. That's, that's the secret sauce. That's where it's at. Come on. Can we give it up for our panelists? So much wisdom. I love that. Even though we're able to have some real conversations, get into the nitty gritty of things, I love that they pointed it all back to Jesus. This isn't a talk show host on relationships. We're just trying to give you advice. Man, that was all Jesus. And I love that. I love how you guys carry Jesus has a priority in your life, in your marriages, in your single seasons, and we can glean so much for that. And so I just want to encourage you that don't take this and be like, oh, I'm going to meet my husband because he's going to be a guitar player. That's what happened to them. That's what's going to happen to me. No, 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 no. Jesus is writing your story. God is the author and finisher of our faith. He is writing your story, and it's going to look different for every single person in the room. And so that's why it starts with Jesus. That's why you have to seek Jesus first. Build that personal relationship with God, and he's going to bring you through. So thank you again. Can we give it up for our panelists again? You guys are dismissed. Um, I'm going to have all of you guys stand. We're going to close out here. I believe that God stirred some things in your hearts tonight that yes, it was good conversation, funny moments, but I know that God touched things in your hearts already. I know that some of you guys have fallen into that sexual sin and you're ready to give up and ready to fully repent, fully be restored by the hand of God because God wants to meet you tonight. I don't wanna rush past that. And so I wanna pray into that. I also wanna invite my prayer leaders forward, any of my small group leaders forward. We want to be able to pray with you in that space. And so if you need to just open up to someone and be honest with someone, guy with guy, girl with girl, open up and have that conversation, be vulnerable and let God touch your heart tonight because he wants to. He wants to minister to you tonight. And so I just wanna pray into that. Um, few quick things. If you need prayer for anything, our prayer leaders, if you want to sign up for a small group, we have a victory women's small groups. We have men's small groups. Go to our one step area and they would love to be able to connect with you in those things. Um, and that's all I have for you guys. So everyone can buy your heads. God, we thank you for what you did in the room tonight. Lord, we thank you that you are true and you are kind and you are loving and that you have stirred things in our hearts tonight, God. You have exposed hurts, insecurities, unwavering things, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you wanna speak to your children tonight. You wanna heal minds. You wanna restore hearts, God. You wanna purify, Lord. You wanna purify, God. You wanna settle minds tonight, God. You wanna bring peace to minds tonight, God. And I pray, Lord, that you are gonna reveal yourself even right now in this moment, that you are a faithful God, that you haven't forgotten about your children. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us, God. And even in those moments where we are disappointed, God, I pray that we will bring that to you tonight, God. I will bring it and be honest with it, Lord, because you are willing and wanting to touch our lives and transform us and turn our lives from one direction to the other, God. And so we say yes, and we fully surrender to you, Lord. 
And so God, I thank you that you're moving on hearts right now. And Lord, I thank you for what you did in the room. We honor you, we glorify you, and we say thank you, Lord, because only you can minister us in the way that you did. Only your spirit can bring life. Only your spirit can bring love, God. And so I thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed, but I just ask that you are mindful of the people that are praying at the front. So if you have conversations, just take them towards the cafe and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah.